This is the Austin Life Church podcast. For more information, please visit us at austinlifechurch.com. Hey, welcome everybody. Uh, if you have found this uh, either YouTube video or on Facebook or podcast or on our website, uh, you have found Austin Life Church. You know, so welcome. We're so glad that you have uh, joined in and are listening with us and, and joining us in, in worship. Uh, we wanted to take this time at the start of the year to really kind of talk through who we are as a church. Why the heck are we here? What's our purpose? Um, and how are we going to operate as, as a church? If you're new and checking things out, then that's important for you to know, you know because that will tell you if it's a church you want to be a part of or not. Uh, if this is your church home, this is also important for, for you to know and to have a refresher with because the purpose of Austin Life Church becomes our purpose. It's what, it's what we are about in our own lives. And so uh, it, it's important for us to be reminded, what are we doing here? Why are we here as a church so that we don't, we don't drift and, and move off to the side so that we're all working in unison, right? Imagine being in a rowboat in a lake and everybody's pedaling in different directions. You're not going to go anywhere. And so it's important for us to, to all be on the same page uh, for our purpose, why we are here as a church. As a church, Austin Life Church, we exist to love God, love others, and lead people to the fullness of life that is found in Jesus. We, we exist to love God because of who He is and what He has done for us. He, he loved us first, therefore we, we love Him. We exist to love others because every single person Every human is made in the image of God and is worthy of value and love and respect. And we exist to lead people to the fullness of life that is found in Jesus because we have been entrusted with that message of hope, that message of life to, to share and to take to the world around us. As a church, we dream of being a church where, where people have a real, vibrant relationship with the living God. And not just some religious structure, but, but actually engaging and encountering the, the living God. We dream of being a church where it's okay to not be okay, but gosh darn it, it is not okay to stay there. We dream of being a church where everyone has a seat at the table. No matter who you are, what your background is, what your story is, you, you are welcome to have a seat at the table to explore who Jesus is. We dream of being a church that worships God passionately. Not some ho-hum, like just singing karaoke, but worships God passionately for who He is and what He has done. We dream of being a church that serves others as we have been served by Jesus. We dream of being a church of authentic community, real vulnerability and openness with others. We dream of being a church that is living the fullness of life that is found in Jesus, loving God and loving others. That's who we want to be as, as a church. You're, you're not going to find a single person here who's got it all together. Um, I'll be the first to raise my hand and say, nope. No, not me. Um, but we believe there is one who does, Jesus Christ. And by faith in him, he can and will transform our lives to look more and more and more like Jesus and to live in the presence of God in the fullness of life. I want to spend the next several minutes walking through the story of, 
of the Bible because that is what gives us our purpose. That is what, what shapes us and tells us how to live and how to be as a church. And so um, we just want to kind of talk through that, that story. Um, we should go ahead and say that for us as a church, uh, we believe that the Bible is fully God's words given to us, that he spoke through everyday, everyday people in order that we could know him and know how to live with him, how to live in Jesus. We believe that these are not just words on a paper, but God's words given to us. And so when we read them, when we listen to them, we, we listen and read as if God is speaking directly to us because that is what he's doing in his word. And so we want to look in here and, and, and let this shape us and guide us and, and lead us as, as a church. So let's pray together and ask for God to speak to us through his word, to open our eyes, to, to see him, to understand his story and how we fit into that. So God, Father, we ask you to speak to us. God, there are so many voices that, that we can listen to today, we have listened to today. There's no voice that is more important than yours. God, the, the divine, almighty, speak to us. Open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear, and our hearts to believe. God, we're grateful uh, for you and your love for us. In Jesus we pray. Amen. Um, it is January 2021, and my guess is that there was more excitement and, and anticipation for January 2021 than most other New Year's, right? Um, and, and why is that? Well, 2020's been tough. <laughs> it's been, uh, started off strong and then somewhere, uh, you know, down the road, um, I think this, this picture actually, this graphic describes it perfectly. Uh, thank you, Matthew, for giving us uh, a good image of what 2020 has done to us. Uh, needless to say, it has been rough. And so I think that there was a good riddance 2020, come on in 2021. We are ready for something better. But it's not just that 2020 was bad, right? 2020 could have been amazing. And we would still be looking forward, looking for more, uh, hopeful that more, the best is yet to come, right? Why is that? Because humanity is created with a longing for the fullness, for the fullness of life, to live life to the full, to make the most out of every day. We want to end the day and just sit back and be like, ah, nailed it, right? Like that is in our souls. We want to get down to the end of the week, the month, the year, our lives and look back and be like, I regret nothing. Like I lived life to the full. As much as we literally need oxygen to survive, our souls need the fullness of life, satisfaction to, to really survive. Jonathan Edwards, a theologian and pastor, he said, each person necessarily craves happiness. This is a universal appetite of human nature that is alike in the good and the bad. Thomas Aquinas, a 13th century friar and priest, said there is within every soul a thirst for happiness and meaning. Come on, tell me they're wrong, right? Tell me that there's not within you and with every person you know a, a craving, a thirst for happiness and meaning, the, the fullness of life. Uh, 
I could take everything that I do, everything that you do, and I could tell us how we want that to lead to the ultimate, like to more, to better, right? I'm going to drink coffee. Why? Because I think that I'm going to hate it. It's going to be miserable. No, I wouldn't drink coffee then because I like it, because there's something that I want from it, because I think that it adds to the fullness of life for me. Everything we do is towards that end, and that's okay. That's okay. That's how, that's how we're, we're created. Our problem comes in when we look for our fullness in things that will never, ever, ever satisfy. When we try to grab hold of something that was never meant to, to offer us and to give us the, the fullness of life, like there's nothing more frustrating, right, than, than building this epic sandcastle right on the edge of where the sand and the ocean meet because we know it's only in a matter of seconds that the tide is going to come in and it's going to crumble. Or it's incredibly frustrating to, to, to place all of our hopes in something that, dang it, it failed us again. Let me try, let me try relationships. Let me try love, right? Let me try sex, right? That's going to be everything we want. And then we're going to realize, nope, that wasn't it either. Let me try health and, and strength and eating well. And, and man, it may be good, but it's ultimately not going to satisfy. Well, if I just get more and more and more and more money, like, good, great. That'll give me this comfort, this satisfaction that will, will be what I'm looking for. And then we realize, well, shoot, money doesn't last either. I don't get to take that with me when I die. Right, like we, we so often we place our hopes in things or people or, or dreams that we're, we're never meant to carry the weight of our, our heart's satisfaction. Humanity is actively seeking the fullness of life. You and me today, January 2021, are actively seeking the fullness of life of life. My question to start with for you is what are you putting your hope in? What is it that you can't live without? What is it that you believe, man, if you just get to this, if you have this, this, this will be your answer to ultimately, finally satisfying you? A person, a job, a security, um, a pleasure. What is it that you think, gosh, this is what I'm chasing after? Deep down, this is what my hopes are in. It's 2021. I don't know how old you are. I'm 37, almost 38. And I am tired of settling for lesser things. I'm tired of knowing in my soul there has to be more. Knowing deep down that this can't be everything that I was created for. I'm tired of chasing after things that are going to let me down. Surely you feel the same way. Right? Like surely there's this restlessness. You're like, I don't want to keep chasing something that's never going to satisfy. What if? What if we don't have to? What if there is an answer? What if our hearts and our souls can be maximally satisfied today? And then what if tomorrow it can actually be better? And what if the next day it can actually be better? What if... We can actually grab hold of the fullness of life for each one of us today. And what if there's abundant life there to be had? Listen to this. This comes from God's word. Psalm 1611, David is writing and he says, You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. 
At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. He's three descriptors. The path of life. Yes, I would like to walk down that path, as I'm sure you would as well. Yes, I'll take the path of life, please. Um, fullness of joy, like the, the completion, the overflowing abundance of joy. Yes, yeah, sign me up. Like both hands. Yes, please. I would like that. Pleasures forevermore. Come on. Who's going to turn that down? Who's going to say, no, nah, I'm good. I don't need pleasures. I'm all right. I'm all right. I, no. We all want the path of life, fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore. Well, where is it? You God, David speaking of God, you, God, make known to me the path of life. In your presence, God, with you is fullness of joy. At your right hand, God, are pleasures forevermore. Could it be that the happiest, fullest, most meaningful, most purposeful, most, most satisfying life that we could ever even imagine is found in the presence of God? Could it be that the closer we get to him, the more we look like him, the, the, the nearer we feel him, the, the more we hear him, the more we see him, the closer we are in his presence. Could it be that that is when we will grab hold of the more and more and more abundance and fullness and pleasures evermore? Or are we just going to say like, ah, it's good poetry, right? Because if that's the case, we got to take out what John, where, where Jesus says, you know, that we will have abundance of, of life, abundance of joy. Well, I guess he was just misspeaking too, right? Where Paul says in Philippians 3 that knowing Jesus is of surpassing worth than anything else, I guess he was just misspeaking as well. Right, where Jesus says that knowing God, the kingdom of God, is like a, a treasure that's, that, that a man finds and with joy gets rid of everything else because that treasure is so valuable. I guess, I guess he was just speaking in hyperbole as well. When David says, one thing I seek to look upon your beauty, your glory, to gaze into your presence. Maybe it's actually true that the fullness of life is found in the presence of God. So we believe as a church that everybody's looking for the fullness of life, and we believe that the answer is, is right here. It's in His presence. That's how it all began. Before sin and brokenness ever existed and entered the world. That's how it began. In Genesis 1.1, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's a summary of God creating everything. And at the end of Genesis chapter 1, it says, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. In the beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, the, the ocean, the river, the trees, the mountains, everything. And it was very good. It was full and abundant. He created Adam and Eve and community between them and marriage and sex. And he gave them food and drink and work and, and play and all of it. And it was perfect. There was no, no enmity, no strife, no jealousy, no shame, no guilt, no hurt. Everything was, was perfect. Every day was better than the one before. It was abundant. It was the fullness of life. But what made it so good, right? Did Adam and Eve, they weren't arguing that they had great food to eat? You know, that work was, was life-giving. What made it so good? 
It was that they walked and lived and existed in the presence of God, in the presence of divine fellowship and love, in the presence of fullness himself, fullness of life himself, God himself. Let's recap. Okay, think about this with me. The Bible says in the beginning was God. Before the world existed, before God created humanity, God existed. For all of eternity, God has existed. And the Bible teaches us that this one God exists in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that the nature of God, the nature of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, how they just naturally exist is in generous self-giving of glory and praise and love to the other. So the Father is giving glory and praise to the Son, is generously giving love, and the Son is generously giving love and praise and glory to the Father, and the Holy Spirit is giving praise and glory and love to the Son and to the Father and the Father to the Spirit. Right? There is this perfect divine fellowship and communion. Like God himself is the fullness of life. He is everything that we want in life. He is perfect relationship, perfect satisfaction, perfect love. There is nothing better or incomplete about God before the world began. So that means God didn't, God didn't need the world. God didn't need anything else. God was complete and fine and great just within himself. He didn't need me and you to give him more, to make him more happy. Uh, Otherwise, at that point, God is dependent on us. He, He needs us. No, God is complete and perfect here. Yet, it says, God created the heavens and the earth. God created Adam and Eve. That's the world. I realize it's it's not an exact representation. So so give me a little, little grace here, right? God creates the world and Adam and Eve. And it says in Genesis 1:26 that God made man in his image. God created Adam and Eve, mankind, humanity, in his image to reflect him. You see, God didn't need Adam and Eve. It's not that he was missing something. So why did God create the world? Why did God create Adam and Eve? Why does God create you and me? It's because God's nature is to generously give love. And so God creates a world and he invites us in to that relationship with him. God's heart is to invite us into his divine community, to share with us, to give us the fullness of life that is in his presence, the fullness of love and perfection. God just creates and freely invites us to share in that. We have a longing for the fullness of life because that's how we're created. We're created to share in that with God, it's a part of our DNA. It's a part of our essence. We can't get rid of it. And that's great. We're created for the fullness of life because God is the fullness of life. Because joining him in relationship and fellowship, that that is the fullness of joy, pleasures evermore. That's how we are created. 
So now here's the deal. To have this relationship, to join in God's fellowship requires perfect righteousness from us. We can't join in God's fellowship and be sinful. That's going to pollute his perfect, abundant fullness of life. If we bring sin into the equation, then then God is no longer perfect. So God cannot have sin. We have to be perfectly righteous, and that's where our problem comes in. That's where things start to fall apart. In Genesis chapter 3, we see sin enter the picture. The, The heart of sin. Don't think of sin so much as, oh, I did this bad thing. I messed up, right? Or I didn't do this. Sin is the heart that desires to go one's own way rather than God's. Sin is the heart that that elevates self over God, that chooses selfishness over selfless love to God. That's what the heart of sin is. And in Genesis chapter 3, the devil comes in and whispers these deceitful lies in order to steal, kill, and destroy the vibrant, full relationship that Adam and Eve have with God. The devil's purpose always in this exact moment is to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to fracture this relationship that God has with humanity. He can't mess up God. God's God. God's in control over him. So what is Satan going to do? He's going to try to mess with us and destroy the life that we are created to have with God. And so he tells us, hey, 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 hey. Now, God's not the fullness of life, right? This is, this, your own way of thinking, it's, it's better. Matter of fact, this is what Satan's going to tell us. You can have your way and God. You can have the best of both worlds. God's just trying to hold out from you. The lie that Satan is trying to tell us today is anything that is not of God it is better. It's worth chasing after. And he, he convinces Adam and Eve, hey, don't look to God. Look to this fruit. Grab this fruit. It's not about fruit. Man, fruit's great. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's that God said, hey, trust me that I will satisfy you and don't chase after your own ambitions and your own ways. And Adam and Eve said, no, 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 no. We're going to chase after our own ways. And that fractured the relationship that Adam and Eve had with God. That's what sin does. That's how it gets in there and it fractures this relationship. It introduces unrest in the soul of humanity. So we're created to have this vibrant, full relationship with God. But Adam and Eve, and then every one of us has followed, we've all sinned and gone our own way. We've all told God, I got this on my own, and we've broken this relationship. We're no longer righteous, right as God expects. And so that introduces a restlessness in us. St. Augustine, he said, you have created us for yourself, O Lord. And our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Our hearts will be restless until there is a a rejoining of fellowship with God, until we are resting and satisfied with Him. So how then is this restored? How do we we fix what was broken? How do we we restore such generous love? How do we make it up to God? Listen to this. Tune in here because this is the gospel. 
This is what changes everything. The reconciliation of us with God, the restoration of our relationship with Him, the the fullness of life is not found in what you and I do. It's found in what Jesus has already done for us. Let Let me say this again. Everything you're looking for, everything my heart desires, the fullness of joy in His presence, the pleasures forevermore at His right hand are not found in what you and I do, but they're found in what Jesus has done for us. Romans 5.8 says, God shows us His steadfast, amazing, relentless love in that while we were sinners, while we had walked away from Him, God sent Jesus to die for us. 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him, Jesus, who was perfect and sinless, God made him to be our sin so that we could be the righteousness of Jesus. So our expectation was perfection. Well, Jesus left heaven and came and lived among us as one of us and lived the perfect life that we were expected to live. He did it for us. The punishment for our sin, the consequences of our sin is death, is is separation from God. And so Jesus on the cross took on our sin and the punishment for our sin, the separation from the Father. And he was killed on the cross. But then he was buried. And three days later, As God promised would happen, Jesus rose from the dead and brought with him a new chance at life. Jesus, who was alive, then offered to the entire world a chance of the forgiveness of sins. Our sins would be buried and left in the grave, and we could have the new eternal life that he has. Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today. And if by faith we trust in Jesus, that he will restore us to God, then our sins can be forgiven and we can be given new life. Second Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, if they've put their faith in Jesus, if they have trusted fully in Jesus alone, they are a new creation. Jesus sends us his spirit to come and to make us new. That is the gospel. That is how we have the fullness of life. That is why we love God, because he loved us first, and we walked away from him, and he pursued us. Like, that love is supernatural. We love others because God has created others in His image. Because God loved us, so we love others in the same way that God loved us. And we want to lead people to the fullness of life that is found in Jesus because we have tasted and seen how great it is. And God has entrusted us as His representatives to share that message with the world around us. This message of the gospel is why we exist, to love God, love others, and lead people to the fullness of life that is found in Jesus. We don't want to be a church that's just religious. We don't want to be a church that just practices some some spiritual practice. We want to be a church that knows this God because Jesus has made it possible. Because nothing else will satisfy. 
if you never trusted in Jesus to restore your life to God, to give you a new life, to forgive your sins, that invitation is given. Right here today, Jesus invites you, not me, not some other church. Jesus is speaking an invitation to you and saying, hey, you can trust me for the forgiveness of your sins and for the gift of new life. Because Jesus lived perfectly, because Jesus died for our sins, and because Jesus rose from the dead and is alive today, when we trust Him, we are given His new life. If you've never trusted Him, the invitation is to repent. It's to stop trusting in your own way and to believe in Jesus. And when we, when we give our faith to Him, He restores us back into the fullness of life that is found in His presence. And the incredible thing is that it will only get better. That in this life, man, it's gonna, we're going to have trouble, it's going to be hard at times, but it can get better and better and better and better and better. And for all of eternity in Jesus, we will know the increasing abundance of life that is found with God. That's the invitation given to you. If you have trusted Christ, we don't ever move away from this. We just move deeper into it. We just, we just move deeper into the, the caves of glory. We see Him more. We're more amazed by His love for us. We, we see our sinfulness and, and how great and compassionate Jesus is for us. And so my hope is that this will be a time that the, the Spirit encourages you and reminds you of His love for you. And that because of that, because of His love, you'll love God, you'll love others, and you too will lead people to the fullness of life that is found in Jesus. That's why we exist as a church. That's our hope. That's our purpose. We hope that you'll be a part with us. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word and your truth. Thank you for loving us first and pursuing us. We are unworthy and you are so kind. Spirit, speak to us today, right here, right now. I'm gonna invite you to take a second and, and I realize you're at home most likely or you're on the go. Would you take a second and just stop everything Be still and quiet and listen to the voice of God in your life. He wants to remind you of His love for you. And He wants to invite you into more with Him. We love you, God. Thank you for loving us first. It's in Jesus that we are able and that we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Austin Life Church Podcast. To help support us, please take a second to rate and review us on iTunes and visit us at austinlifechurch.com.